Chapter 16 of The Homesteader. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeff Blanchard. The Homesteader by Oscar Mugeau. Epoch the Third. A Strange Dream. When the others had gone, Jean Baptiste rolled over again upon the floor and was conscious that one eye was closed and swollen, filled with blood from a wound inflicted by his wife just below it. He rose to a sitting posture presently and looked around him. He was in the hall, and when he looked through the open door into the parlour, he saw Mrs. Murley stretched on the settee before him weeping. He staggered to his feet and went toward her she looked up when he approached and dried her eyes you spoil things john she accused and he noted the disappointment in her voice and also detected a note of impatience yes i admit i did mrs Murley, and i'm sorry for you for me she repeated not understanding his import yes he replied wearily for you but but why for me well he said with a sigh it had to be as it was i wanted her but it would have been disaster in the end on his account because i could never have brought myself to honour him and to have lived with her i should have been forced to at least pretend to do so and that would have been worse still she was thoughtfully silent then for some time then she regarded him closely and said as if to herself well i fear you are right yes i know you are when i recall how she abused you a while ago gracious i did not know that it was in orlean nor did i he said his face covered with his hands he made her that way through the influence he has exerted over her evil influence i have a feeling that there will come a day when that influence will work the other way she said musingly he will be the victim and the punishment will be severe both were silent for a time and nothing but the ticking of the clock on the mantel disturbed the quiet he presently raised his head and in so doing uncovered his face it was dark and distorted swollen a great deal and one of his eyes was closed she saw it then for the first time my god jean she exclaimed arising and hurrying to him your face is swollen almost beyond recognition why my dear you are in a dreadful fix she stood over him scarcely knowing just what to do then she regained her composure she caught at his arm as she cried come with me quick he arose and followed her upstairs and into the bedroom she had prepared for him and orlean in a corner there was a little basin and to this she led him she then had him hold his face over the basin while she carefully bathed it this done she asked him to go to bed while she went downstairs returning presently with liniment and towels and bathed his wounds again and bandaged his face carefully now jean she said kindly i will leave you but you will do this favour which i ask of you he turned his face toward her don't advise mr Murley about what has occurred here to-night she said i understand he replied quietly thereupon she left him to himself 
at the vernon avenue home of the mccarthys the house was in an orgy of excitement when the reverend had been advised regarding his son-in-law's presence in the city he recalled the seance he had experienced the night before when the woman came he was preparing to go to the west side for his daily visit with mrs pruitt but upon this advice he desisted and decided to remain home when the mongers had taken their gossip from his presence he fell into deep thought for the first time since he had precipitated the trouble he saw the situation clearly he was aware that his act by this time had helped nobody had made no one happy or satisfied not even himself almost he agreed with himself then that he had miscalculated jean baptiste was willing apparently to forego his wife's loss and the loss of her homestead before he would do as the elder had planned and estimated he would his conscience was disturbed he recalled the unpleasant nights he had endured in the last few months he recalled that while orlene always pretended to him that she was satisfied for the first time in his life he saw that it was due to the training the subservience to his will and not to her own convictions he arose from his seat and walked the floor in meditation habit however had become such a force with him that he could hardly resist the impulse to commit some action to rush to mrs Murley's and make himself conspicuous he struggled between impulse and conscience and neither won fully after an hour however he reached this decision he would not go to or call up mrs Murley. he would just leave it to them to solve and if they should finally reach some agreement between themselves he would not stand in the way when he had reached this conclusion he went into the street and was surprised at the relief he felt not for months had he enjoyed a walk as much as he did that one but while newton justine mccarthy had struggled with his conscience and at last found solace in admitting at this late hour to what he should have done two years before he had failed to reckon with other features that asserted themselves later he had not estimated that if jean baptiste sought his wife secretly it must have been because he wished to avoid him he failed to see that this man had suffered bitterly through his evil machinations he failed moreover to appreciate that his training of orlean to the subservient attitude would prevent her from returning to her husband or reaching any agreement with him until she had first ascertained that such would be agreeable to her father had he so reckoned the scene just related might not have occurred it was while they were sitting at supper that the telephone rang when the conversation ensued the reverend sought not only to promulgate goodwill by leaving it to jean baptiste but he thought also to encourage him by inviting him to the house and in this he meant well but behind him stood ethel she caught the gist of excitement and instantly began to scream get orlean go get my sister don't let that man have her boy at the top of her voice she yelled and glavis and her mother had to hold her some friends were having dinner with them and they now stood toward the rear uncertain whether to leave or remain and heard all that passed the reverend was laboring frantically to get an answer over the phone and it was at this moment that orlean had gone frantic and was abusing her husband 
in the excitement ethel kept up her tirade at the top of her voice and in the end the reverend followed by glavis had gone to mrs Merley's. they had now returned and ethel was pacified the visitors had departed to spread the gossip and all but ethel was downcast orlean in unspoken remorse had retired while the reverend fully conscious at last of what his interposition had brought was regretful but not openly and the others not knowing that he had that day repented sat at their distance and tried to form no conclusion it's over all over cried orlean now in the bed and as i have done all my life i have failed at the most crucial moment oh merciful god what can you do with a weak woman like i it has been i all along who has made misery for myself for him and for all those near me i i i that i could have cultivated the strength of my conviction that i could have been the woman he wanted me to be out there he tried to make me one he sought in every way he knew how but a weakling i would remain and because i have sought to please others and abuse him in doing so i have brought everybody to the ditch of misery and despair she cried for a long time but her mind was afire all that her weakness and subservience had caused continued and at last the event of the night and what did i do to him she said now rising in the bed i recall that he came to the telephone he stood listening to what i was saying and i recall that when i turned slightly and saw his face it was terrible then i saw him suddenly snatch the receiver from my hand and i heard him talking to papa he was terribly excited and i shall never forget the expression on his face i cannot clearly remember what followed i recall however that i struggled with him that i struck him everywhere i could that i scratched his face and oh my god i recall what passed then she suddenly sank back upon the pillow and gave up to bitter anguish when she recalled what had followed but the excitement was too great for her to lay in it she rose again upon her elbow and looked before her into the darkness of the room as she slowly repeated half aloud what had followed yes i recall he made no resistance he did not defend himself but allowed me to strike him at will and under the fusillade of blows i recall that he sank slowly to his knees sank there with his arms about me and i striking him with all the strength in my body upon his knees then he lingered while i rained blow after blow upon his upturned face and now i can recall that his eyes closed and from his lips i caught a sigh and then he rolled to the floor and here o oh lord i added what will follow me throughout my life and never again give me peace while he lay there upon the floor with his eyes closed before me i kicked him viciously full in the face but even then he did not resist but only groaned wearily merciful jesus nor did i stop there i jumped on his face with my feet and then i recall that someone caught me and saved me from further madness she was exhausted then and lay without words for a long time almost in a state of coma she boarded and while so she fell into a strange sleep 
the night wore on and the clock downstairs was striking the hour of two when she suddenly awakened she sat straight up in bed and jerked her hands to her head and screamed long and terribly the household was awakened and came hurrying to where she lay but in the meantime she continued to scream loudly at the top of her voice and all the while perspiration flowed from her body it was nigh on to four o'clock before they succeeded in quieting her and when they had done so she lay back again upon the pillow with a groan and the family went back to their beds to wonder what had come over her all felt strangely as if something evil had crept into their lives and their excitement was great all but ethel who in her evil way was delighted and laughed gleefully when she had returned to bed laugh on ethel you evil woman said glavis at her side evil has this night come into our lives it wasn't right in the beginning and it isn't right now nor was it last night oh i have never wanted to see this go along as it has because your father has trained all in to obey and subserve to his will he has done something to her and she has become a demon instead of a weakling last night i saw jean baptiste laying prone upon the floor and knew that she had beaten him down to it and he had not resisted she told me as we came home what she had done but was not aware that she was telling me nothing good can come of evil and it is evil that we have practised toward that man he is through now and never again will he make effort to get her to live with him but just so sure as she has abused him just so sure will she do injury to those who have brought this about and with this he turned on his side and feigned sleep alone or lean laying trying vainly to forget something something that stood like a spectre before her eyes but she could not forget it nor did she ever forget it it had come and it was inevitable she had seen it in her sleep it had all been so clear and when she had awakened and screamed so long she knew then that it must in time be so she would never forget it but realized its gravity she decided thereupon never to tell it the dream to anybody the sun shone and the birds sang and the day was beautiful without when she at last fell asleep again end of chapter sixteen epoch the third a strange dream